Welcome to the Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. Welcome to Keys of the Kingdom. I'm Brother Gregory and we're going to talk to you about the Kingdom of God. And uh, we're going to talk to you a little bit more about Tacitus, who we talked about this morning, and uh, who we uh, uh, looked at what Tacitus actually wrote about Christos and the Christians, the people following Christ. And he wrote about this in just about 100 years A.D. And uh, he was telling, you know, what the problem was with the people who were following Christus, who was executed by Pontius Pilate. I mean, it's amazing. If you look in history, a lot of people were actually trying to suggest that Pontius Pilate never existed uh, back in the early 1900s. There was a whole movement of uh, people, not a large number, but there were people who were saying that Pontius Pilate didn't exist. And then they were uh, re-excavating, not excavating, they were actually fixing a steps in Israel and uh, they these were a series of stones in the steps and they kind of become extremely worn and uh, they were tearing them out and going to pour in cement I guess and uh, taking these old steps out and when they turned over one of them on the opposite side on the underside because there's stones that were made from rubble of buildings that existed thousands of years before evidently they found carved the name Pontius Pilate <laughs> So, but at that time, they did not, some people actually thought the Pontius Pilate didn't exist. And they tried to prove that. Now, there's all kinds of writings and fragments and documents and all kinds of uh, documents about Pontius Pilate. He was a Gaul. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's just astounding. The less people know about history, the less the people actually go in and look at the actual historical record that we have. We have huge volumes of historical records. I remember when I was attending St. Joseph's College, I was 13, 14 years old, and I met uh, Bishop Comer, who uh, had uh, offices in uh, the Vatican. He was technically, I was just talking to somebody about this. He technically, he was the highest bishop, trustee bishop. That's the position that he had as an archbishop, trustee for the United States of Canada. He was actually like holding the title for all the land. And um, I, I'm not, I, I'm trying to remember the, the uh, I've got it all written down anyway and recorded. I, I don't think I have it up on the Internet. There's a lot of things I don't put up on the Internet. He was the one who first introduced me to the idea that the Roman Catholic Church was not the one true church. And he was an archbishop in the Catholic Church, offered a position to be a cardinal, turned it down, um, had been on the missions in China, and uh, kind of sought me out one day and found me in a library, you know, reading a book. Uh, I always mention this is Dante's Inferno. I remember the book. Uh, and uh, it was in Latin. And uh, and he came looking for me, evidently. I, I could see him, like, going down the aisles because I was sitting down low and looking through the bookshelves so I could see. And he was going up and down the aisles, evidently, looking for me. And 
long story why I was even there, what I was doing there, why he was coming there, why he was talking to me. And we had a number of interactions over the following year or so that I knew him there. And he actually, when I began this path towards explaining the gospel of the kingdom, I tried to get in touch with him. He was still alive. And I wrote people that I knew in the church, uh, the Roman Catholic Church, and tried to find this guy. And uh, I could not get a response. Nobody would even write me back. But he was actually still alive at that time. He lived into his 90s, late 90s. And uh, he was instrumental in getting... Uh, people out of China during the communist revolution in China after World War II with uh, Mao coming to power and uh, just quite an extraordinary individual Uh, but he he was the one who was giving me insight of a lot of things that I didn't even understand and it was like almost speaking Greek to me but there was something about his continent and uh, about his uh, Ability to uh, talk to you about things beyond what you could normally accept as true. So now, here I am, what would this be, 60 years later? (laughs) Uh, Almost 60 years later, trying to tell you about these things. And I I just had a conversation with somebody in politics and going into the... uh, the high places, uh, I actually had a several conversations about people. We have somebody visiting us right now. And uh, the idea, these realms of kingdom of heaven and kingdoms of the world and, and spiritual realms and physical realms and multidimensional universes and all these things that will go just right over the head of everybody. We have this tendency, especially if we, you know, went to college and became a professional person, uh, a lot of the people who follow that right uh, route and right, it's actually kind of a rite of passage, they, uh, their brain falls into a certain way of thinking, of facts and information and rational arguments and I was reading some documents, the guy's probably listening on this station right now that he had sent me. I had had it sitting by my chair for the longest time, but people just have no idea of the amount of hours that we put in here and the work that we have to do. And he laid out uh, a uh, scenario of, you know, getting people to support the ministry and going out and spreading the information that he has heard from us. And uh, and other places, too, because he's got a lot of information in these things. And I'm going over most everything that he was telling in the paperwork that he's presenting. We already have up on the Internet somewhere, either at preparingyou.com or org. Some things I don't put at org. Some things I don't, like I said, I don't put on the Internet. But uh, we are dealing with principalities in high places. Now, what does that mean, principalities? In high places. If you, if you went and looked up that word in your Bible concordance, what are you going to see? What, what is the meaning of that word? And what was the meaning at that time? What would that meaning of that word be today? Uh, how would, should we interpret those words? What did the author actually mean? What was he actually suggesting? 
when he wrote that down, Principalities in High Places. Uh, it's, uh, you know, I you can't really even prove it because of the fact that uh, words have such uh, a variety of meaning over a variety of periods of time and, and we don't have that individual right here to explain what he was actually trying to impart when he said those words. And what did he actually see? He talks about heaven, but he also talks about uh, heaven as if it's multiple places, not just one place. Because he, you know, the kingdom of the heaven that you see written in Matthew, you only see that in Matthew, that phrase is only appears in Matthew. The, but that kingdom of heaven is uh, Basilius Oranos. And Basilius Oranos is actually the Greek word for if you were to literally translate it according to one of the best Greek scholars today would be the kingdom of the world. And what we're facing now, and we're coming upon, I mentioned it in the morning show, is these people like Klaus and uh, Schwab, who's talking about the Great Reset. And uh, I'll tell you when the original Great Reset took place. It's when the serpent convinced Adam and Eve who had dominion over the Adama of the earth but were told to exercise that dominion in a compassionate way certain way which we see Christ actually saying if you can actually read the Greek and understand the text of his kingdom of heaven at hand his kingdom of God at hand that's what Adam, uh, Adam and Eve were. They were the kings and queens, so to speak, of uh, the kingdom of the world. They had dominion. They were given dominion over the things that crawl upon the earth and uh, and uh, in the sea and in the air above and over living things. Living souls, actually, is what they talk about. The beasts of the field. That's actually... the the literal translation of the beasts of the fields, I mean, is living souls. That's that's you. You're a living soul. And there's something unique about the soul of humanity as opposed to the souls of animals. I suppose animals might have a sort of a soul. Uh, they have life in them. Something's going on in them that you can, you know, how do you define soul? I mean, there's a spirit, but then there's also the soul. The soul is the corporeal and incorporeal hereditaments of personality, according to some. It's your rights and reasons for existence and your motivation for existence and your purpose for existence. That's All that's tied up into this thing called soul. Spirit is this, this uh, multidimensional presence that allows you to think of spiritual things while living here in a physical body and uh, it's kind of your connection to those principalities in high places because <laughs> uh, you know you you have these um, these words that show up of principalities we see the word principal uh, men and principal scribe and all that stuff, but this principality and power and might and dominion 
And every name that is named, not only in this world, but in that which is to come. That's uh, in Ephesians one twenty one, And we see, see the, uh, again, this word principalities in uh, Romans 8.38. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come. And then he goes on from there. We, we, we see it also in Ephesians 3.10. And Ephesians uh, 6.12. And uh, Colossians. Uh, And he he associates the word often with this thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. That's Colossians 1.16. Colossians 2.10. 2.10. He associates the word again. Head of all principalities and power. And uh, and he says you are complete in him. Which is the head of all principalities and power. So what is, you know, actually I should also mention Titus. Because we find it again in t- Titus. But we see, but them in Put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers, to obey magistrates, to be ready to every good work. Well, did the apostles always obey magistrates? No, they did not. Because they said there is another king. So, you know, if we were to... I should go through and, and do a study and show all these different uh, sources and uses of this word that we see as principalities because uh, it's it's connected with a lot of different things but the principalities uh, in there it's not always the exact same word uh, when you see it in different Greek texts it's, it's certainly not always translated principalities uh it's a uh, it's the word arche, and uh, it is translated principalities eight times, but it's also translated beginning forty times, and uh, corner twice, and first twice, and has at least six other different translations, and it means beginning or origin of something, where it came from. When we see the word dominion, it's actually something different. It's it's uh it's the word curiotis. Dominion, power, lordship. And it's often translated uh dominion, but it is also translated government. And you know, it says woe unto those who despise government. But it's actually saying woe unto those who despise dominion. And who despises dominion? Those who were willing to sell their right to dominion granted to us by God to someone else so that they can rule over us. You know, and that's where you have this word arche. Because that's a, that arche is where you get hierarchy and, uh, and the word for ruler, uh, 
it comes from that same originating Greek word. So they've kind of played fast and loose with all of these translations, but that's not the problem because the Bible is not our comforter. It's the Holy Spirit that is our comforter. And so when he talks about uh, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of the world, against the spiritual wickedness in high places. Ah, see, now that's a, that's interesting. So there are principalities. There's beginnings, origins. There's uh, there's powers, which is actually the word exousia, which is the sometimes translated power, but it actually means the right to choose. So we war against the right to choose. We we war against. Uh, the beginning? Is that what he's saying? We war against the beginning and we war against the right to choose and against rulers of darkness. See, that's where he adds... He's not talking about the beginning of darkness. He's not talking about the powers of darkness. He's talking about the rulers of darkness. You could say that he might be talking about... Because where does this phrase of the darkness come from? We know that the the word ruler there, it only appears once in the Bible. There's a lot of places where you see the word ruler. But in this case, we only see this word cosmocrator. And they translate it ruler. And cosmocrator is actually from two words, cosmos and crator. Uh which has to do with a prince. But it says, Lord of the world, prince of this age, the devil and his demons. That's the way they define it. But when they say prince of his age, you know, the word cosmos does not have anything to do with age. That's not... We we see a word aeon translated age, and we also see the same word aeon translated world. We see the word cosmos translated world almost all the time. And it actually means constitutional order or print, uh, uh, constitutional order or uh, uh, government. And so when they say cosmos crator, they're talking about this lordship of the constitutional order and system of government. Well, who has the lordship of that? We talked about this this morning. The judges have this lordship. They're going to tell you what the constitution means. And right now we have the Ninth Search Court says that the Second Amendment gives you no right to carry guns outside of your home in the public, either concealed or unconcealed. You don't have any right to do that. Now, it's kind of tricky the way they make that statement. If you're not very smart on legalese, you might actually think that that means you don't have any right to carry guns outside of your home. It just says that the that the Second Amendment didn't give you any right to carry guns outside of your home, either concealed or unconcealed. And, of course, the Second Amendment didn't give you any rights. It it bars the government from keeping you from carrying a gun, either concealed or unconcealed, outside of your home. You have the right, 
prior to the Constitution to defend yourself and defend your neighbor. As a matter of fact, you have an obligation to defend your neighbor. Remember what religion is? Religion is the pious performance of your duty to God and your fellow man, and one of the duties to your fellow man is to defend your neighbor. So if you can't take your gun over to your neighbor's house through the avenues of the public, (laughs) you cannot fulfill your religious obligation to God and your neighbor, which is to protect your neighbor from unwarranted usurpations or attacks by criminals or whatever. But in order to see that, now a lot of people might not just see that, you know. We actually see in that same phrase in Ephesians 6, 12, we wrestle not against the flesh and blood, but against principalities, against the powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world. Now see that word world there, is the word that is aeon, that is translated into world there, but also translated in age. So he's talking about the darkness of this age, this time period. And we're wrestling against, not flesh and blood. Now, aren't the rulers flesh and blood? Aren't the governments something flesh and blood? It's It's things. But he's talking about those rulers of the darkness. And then he expands upon that with the phrase against the spiritual wickedness in high places. So now we come on to the question is what are the high places? Uh, it's, it's in high places. And actually the word there is Eporanos or Eporanios. And uh, it's it's the literal prepositional phrase that you see there. And uh, it means existing in heaven, according to the, the concordance. Things that take place in heaven. Problem is, like I just said, top Greek scholars, biblical and just generally Greek scholars say the best translation for Oranos is world. And in the Latin, in the Rome, you would, they had this idea of the world being from the sky above to the center of the earth. It's where we were given dominion. It's this marbly planet upon which life is in every corner of its existence. Yet you go to Mars, no life. Go to Venus, no life. Go to Moon, no life. At least not to speak of. Nothing we can detect, really. But on this planet, there's life everywhere. From the sky above to the center of the Earth. There seems to be life in every corner. I mean, they go down to the deepest parts of the ocean. Where the light doesn't even get in there. And they find things growing and living super, super cold down there and the pressures just we crush you to almost nothing. I mean, you could maybe adjust, you know, but uh, at, at your present, if you were down there as a human being, even in a uh, scuba diving, you would be absolutely crushed. 
you 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 would just be crushed completely. But there are things living down there. Fish swimming, plants growing. It's usually at volcanic vents where there's a little bit of heat, but did they evolve down there by <laughs> that volcano? I mean, if they get a little too far from the volcano or the volcano erupts, they die. But that, there they are again, surviving down there. Why is life so abundant on this planet? Everywhere else you can't even see it. Can't even find it. Can't even find the remains of it. At least so far, they haven't been able to detect it anywhere. And then, of course, now at the beginning of this COVID, we got another little surprise, which almost everybody passed over, as they're saying that uh, UFOs are real. There are vehicles flying around that you that are not part of our existing technology or the technology of the Russians or Chinese. It's evidently somebody else's technology. Who is that? Is that an alien from another planet? Well, I'm not going to tell you who that is. <laughs> but uh, everything in this... I used to have somebody come and we'd help them out all the time. They, they were pretty indigent and loaned them a car for months and months and always pulling their them out of some sort of mess or other. But they... They, just because they were, they were the ones that were here that needed so much help. We tried to strengthen them, but it, it was a, almost a losing battle from the beginning. But, uh, anyway, they, they revealed to me at one point that they, they believed that, uh, if a flying saucer lands, you only have 120 seconds to get on board. Or <laughs> some, some crazy thing like that. I can't remember the exact time, but it's a couple of minutes you have to get on board. And I, I'm looking at them and I, I just said off the cuff, I wasn't going to argue the point, but I just said, you know, everything in the universe is not benevolent. And there was this long pause of silence. <laughs> you know, it reminds me of the, was it Outer Limits? The, you know, the, the, the book to serve man. It's a cookbook. Uh, but these principalities, these rulers of darkness in high places, uh, what is that? What, what high places and what principalities and how do they rule in darkness? And we said there's a battle. This morning we said extensively, if you, you know, when we release all these audios, that would be, well, that will be released with it. And, uh, we talk about that we're in a war now between light and darkness, between good and evil. And just a cursory examination of what's going on in the surface of the news, um, we're losing. <laughs> that's what it looks like. But anyway, the high places means on this planet, from the sky above to the center of the earth. And I will say things from time to time and I will throw in little phrases and I'm not going to explain them. Uh, but they're there. They're there for those who are willing to see it and understand it. And But you will be shocked when you begin to find the whole truth. I don't get into the whole truth all the time. I just get into the major points of your delusion. 
I just got a call this morning that somebody wants me to go to a meeting in um, Sweet Home, I think, or near Sweet Home, on the 9th, and uh, and speak to a bunch of people that are concerned about government overreach. And I, I just spoke to somebody visiting today, exactly, is it government overreach? Or is it these... Uh, these uh, rulers of the darkness, because they aren't rulers. There's quite a few governments in the world today, government, you know, parts of government. We have state governments. We have county governments. We have federal governments. We have United Nations as a government. We've got World Health Organization. That's governmental. It's uh, not a very good representative government. It represents those people who put money in their pockets. <laughs> so that's what it represents. But these are all governments. Some of them are absolutely outlaw institutions. That nobody holding office is holding a legal office. Again, you go back to Israel at the time, or Judea at the time of Jesus Christ. And I said, and I, I can show you in documents of the time that have been copied over and, and come down to us that right about the time, of John the Baptist, when John the Baptist was really young, there was an upheaval in the Sanhedrin, where the Sanhedrin thought that there was so much corruption. It was probably at, at right about the time that his father was murdered, Zechariah was murdered in the Holy of Holies. A lot of people don't realize that's who they're talking about, Zechariah. His father was murdered. There was the Sanhedrin who walked out. A new Sanhedrin was put in place, but it was not put into place legally. Just like uh, the the office that was held by Archbishop Comer at the time I knew him uh, was... Uh, most people don't understand what it was. There's a huge trusteeship going on. And that's, of course, what Adam and Eve were receiving, is a trusteeship of dominion of the earth. And they were to exercise that dominion. Now, did they lose dominion of the earth when they sinned? What they, they lost is the ability to walk with God, the ability to see good and evil through the eyes of God. Because God would show them what was good and what was evil. They were not to decide what was good and evil themselves. We again covered that this, in this morning's show. And they decided to decide for themselves what was good and evil. To eat of the tree, the source of the knowledge of good and evil. Try to figure it out themselves. Which is a vain thing to do. Especially when you're usurping God. And you should lose your trusteeship. But instead, there was a light put there so that you could see in return to understand what is good and what is evil. But uh, they didn't want to see the light because to see the light, they had to come into the light. To come into the light, they had to see their own nakedness, to see their own errors, see their own fault. And they didn't want to see it. They were in denial of the truth. And here's the problem in the world today. It's not COVID. It's not Schwab. 
uh, Klaus Schwab. It's not Bill Gates. It's not the vaccine that may be poisoning millions upon millions of people. 100 million people will probably get this vaccine before people really start waking up. Although I've, I've just run into somebody, came into our driveway today, hadn't seen him in a long time, and I thought for sure they'd take it. They will not take it. They don't necessarily know why. Other people I know won't take it. Now, many of those people who say they won't take it, they will take it because more and more pressure will be put on them to take it and they will concede because they don't have the strength to withhold. They don't have the strength to control their diet. That was something that somebody who's very smart and intelligent in these things said that uh, people are all worried about take the shot, don't take the shot. And, of course, they will not take the shot, the person talking to me. But they'll eat eat a garbage they won't control their own diet they don't even know how to do it they don't have the knowledge of how to do it and they're poisoning themselves with their diet they're poisoning themselves with their lifestyle i really should have got more sleep last night (laughs) but uh you know i'm up at six and go to bed at three it makes for a very short night but uh, uh the lamb survived and i got a lot of things written and uh but I didn't get much sleep. Uh, the individual who wrote all this stuff, and he evidently wrote it a while ago, and I can see where he quoted a lot of stuff, and he, he looks at some of the places that I have seen information put, although my research goes much deeper. You know, I actually go back to original sources. And the origin, what I know about the kingdom of God and the kingdoms of the world and the conflict that is before us, I don't know because I did all this research. I did all this research to help people with their unbelief. And I talked about that this morning. I talked about that on uh, a recording that I just put up on Facebook, on my page on Facebook, Brother Gregory's page on Facebook. I have two pages, Burning Bush Festival and uh, Brother Gregory. And then I have Gregory Williams' Facebook, and those are pages off of that. So some things I'll post to Brother Gregory that I don't post necessarily directly to everybody who's on my personal Facebook page. So anyway, but a lot of information goes out that way. I want to put out more information through the network that you can join. You know, if you're in Canada, you can join the network. If you're in uh, Australia, you can join the network. You can join it if you're in Europe. You can join it if you're in Texas. You can join and it. It, you will be on a group that serves Texas and uh, some of the immediate states around Texas. And we will, like I said, if there gets to be too many people on those, we will break and add up more groups. But most of the time what we do is people get on those groups and then they, what they're supposed to be doing is organizing themselves into the tens, hundreds, and thousands. We barely have ten active families in Canada. And they're spread out all over Canada. So they have to come together anyway, and they have to send out information. That's what this individual wants to do, is send out information. He wants to uh, put together this, well, he has put together these writings, put it on a web page, and then use that web page to point to our pages. And you certainly could do that. But uh, you could just point to our pages to begin with. Uh, he wants to get people to support him so he can devote full time to this. Uh, and he has a budget that he's figuring out. I, I, 
I I don't survive on a budget like that. <laughs> I understand that where he lives, he may have to, but uh, we're poverty level. Uh, the, the people who donate to me directly is is a fraction of what he thinks he would like to get to do what he would like to do, and I I commend him for wanting to do that, and I understand that he would need support in order to live where he lives. Uh, but I don't get anything like that to do the work that I do, and I put in 70 to 80 hours a week working on these things. I've been doing it for 40, 50 years. Actually, I've been in this quest, like I said, for at least 60 years, because it began way back there. I, it probably get, began before that, but there was a deciding turning point where I was beginning to think outside the box. I was only 13, 14 at that time, and uh, but by the time I turned 17, I was thinking more outside the box. I realized that there was a lot of things that were just not true. And people were ruling over our thinking from the dark places of our mind. And there are dark places in our mind because we don't want to see the truth. We don't want to let the light in about ourselves. And if you're going to go up against the evil that is behind the evil that you see in the news, you see Bill Gates and you think he's the evil guy, or you see George Soros and you think he's the evil guy. No, it's the guy behind these rulers, the rulers of darkness, the darkness of their minds. These are the ones that are really dangerous. These are the ones that you are probably in greatest threat from because they want to see your absolute and utter destruction. They're not just about not letting you become free. They want you to be destroyed. They want you dead. As a matter of fact, they want you afraid and then dead. They want you angry and then dead. They want you... Because the more you get afraid, the more you get angry, the more you judge others the more you become encoded with their character, the more they will have dominion over you, the more they can pull the strings of your mind and your heart. And you will make choices that you didn't even imagine. That uh, And you don't even know why you made those choices. I see it all the time. When you see the power of these spiritual wickedness, in the high places of people's mind. They're not making choices anymore. They're made for them. So anyway, back to this meeting that they want me to have with them in uh, on the 9th of April up near Sweet Home somewhere. I don't know if I'll make it or not. Uh, it's, it's, it's difficult for me to take the time out to go there. Other people have to pick up the slack because I'm struggling to make a living here. There's nobody supporting this ministry, but the people that are in the order, in the religious order, that uh, that was founded by Christ and uh, where we established to share this gospel with you. You know, one of the last things that were said in the video I just shared on Facebook, it was saying that Herod was baptizing people into the kingdom of heaven. And John the Baptist was baptizing people into the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus, 
appointed 70, a Sanhedrin, just like Moses appointed the original Sanhedrin for the same purposes of the original Sanhedrin. But the Pharisees had their own Sanhedrin that was different than the Sanhedrin of Christ. The Pharisees were baptizing people into the kingdom of heaven. Because that it wasn't Herod actually baptizing, it was Herod's system, and that was supported by the Pharisees. But they were two different kinds of systems. And this is what I tried to show you with the quote from Tacitus. Because Rome had the same kind of system as Herod. Herod had, had uh, known uh, Pontius Pilate, uh, or at least his family. He certainly knew... Uh, people who were going to become the emperor uh, during his reign. Uh, there was, you know, Tiberius, and then there was, uh, let's see, it was, uh, I was trying to think of who it was. Was it Caligula? <laughs> and uh, Little Boots. And uh, then eventually Claudius, after they tried to restore the Republic, there's a lot of people wanting to restore the Republic, and if they tried to restore the Republic with violence, they will get another Claudius, probably, or maybe somebody worse, like Nerva, or somebody like that. Because we're following the same spiritual patterns. It, You're not warring against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, against the powers, and against the rulers of darkness. Of this age, that's what the word there, world, is of this world. That means of this age. And we're in another age. So it's going to be slightly different, but in principle, it's going to be exactly the same. And that rulers of darkness is that we're warring against. It says against the rulers of darkness, against spiritual wickedness in high places. What's wicked? Wickedness, you know, I mean, what is the word wicked that they have there? It, it is translated wickedness. It's also translated iniquity. It's defined as depravity, iniquity, wickedness, but also malice, evil purposes or desires. Well, if you desire to take away from your neighbor through exercising authority, uh, that's wickedness. That is the works of iniquity. You know, ponario, a panaria in this case, uh, because of its uh, position and syntax. That this wickedness in high places, spiritual wickedness in high places, is a pattern of thinking. And, you know, like we talked about spiritual DNA before. We have a recording on that. Spiritual DNA is patterns of spiritual existence. If you have a spiritual existence, we think of spirit as being like some kind of etheric cloud, of ghostly cloud or something like that. But it's simply that connection between this realm and the next. That's what the spirit is. But what's the next realm for you? We talk about heaven. We talk about hell. As if those are places you go. There are places that you are connected to now. You're either listening to the spirits of heaven or the spirits of hell. And the spirits of hell, we call hell. I don't like to use that word hell. 
going back to images of Dante's Inferno, <laughs> but it's a realm in which the pattern of the spirit is not the pattern of God. It's less than God. In that realm, there is judgment. In that realm, there is unforgiveness. In that realm, there is vengeance. In that realm, there is oppression. In that realm, they will kill you. They will dominate you. They will control you. They will manipulate you. They will not set you free. In the kingdom of God, this other realm, this other principality, is, it wants to give you choice. The liberty of choice. That's why we call it the perfect law of liberty. They want to give you the opportunity to love. Because without choice, there is no love. And how do you grow in that love but through sacrifice? This, it's not numbers. That will save us. Yeah, we want to get the message out. But what is exactly the message? The fact that, you know, uh, I got a letter also from South Africa. And I've been going over that and pondering that. Because I, I understand what they're saying. But I what's my response? And uh, they want to get together and start doing a project. And they want to do certain things. And they know there's an issue with the money. Just heard. This week that the Federal Reserve says there's likely to be 15% inflation per year for the next 10, 20 years. They're talking, you know, over 100% inflation in a very short period of time. That's everything that, you know, if you have $100,000 in the bank, it's going to be worth $50,000 real quick. (laughs) And you will know that by the fact that it will not, what it took, $10,000 to buy before, it will soon take $20,000. It will be robbing widows and orphans and everybody, anybody who was frugal, saved their money, who who did not squander their livelihood. They will be robbed now through inflation, which is the ultimate tax. And it's planned. It's part of the Great Reset. They want to make Money, useless. They want to make value useless. They want to make righteousness useless. We talked about that this morning, about how they want to make those people of value less valuable. A father's not valuable. Mother's not valuable. They want to destroy the family. So, we have already lost the battle, but through Christ, all things are possible. So, what we need to do It's not convince everybody that the money system is corrupt. It is. And uh, your, your dollars will become worthless. And inflation will rob you. And yeah, you should go back to a more uh, correct money system. Just weights and measures. But before you go back to just weights and measures, you need to go back to spiritual enlightenment in high places. You need to go back to the ways of Christ. Christ did not... They were starting that same thing back in the days of Christ. Caesar, Mark Anthony, Cleopatra. Mark Anthony, Cleopatra, like I said, they took 10% of the silver out of the coin. 
Nero took more. And that was in the early days of the church with Nero. But like Cleopatra and Mark Anthony, they were already devaluing the currency, which was silver. Where Denari had 10% less silver in it than it had before them. And so you, you could see them doing it. We're, we're way farther along than that. And uh, how do you get back? It's illegal for slaves to own gold and silver with a lawful title. It was in Sparta, and it is today. Now, they, you can now have it in your possession, but you can only have legal title to it. And, and I could go through all the laws, you know, Public Law 95-147, uh, HDR 192, um, when this all took place, you know, in the 1930s and 1977. And, and I cover some of that in the book Covenants of the Gods. But I, like I said, that book was originally over 450 pages. And I reduced it down to 144 pages. Because you don't need to know all that stuff. I, I let you know enough that you know that something wicked this way comes. And yes, they use the money system and the legal system. But they also use the church, the fake church, false religion. They, the, you know, the ear ticklers instead of the people who actually preach the gospel of the kingdom. And so everybody fell under this strong delusion. So now how do you wake up? How do you wake others up? I can't wake others up. I'm told over and over again by someone in the order to not attack their delusion. They're not commanding me to do that. <laughs> they warn me that if you attack the delusion, then they will just attack you. And of course, that ultimately, Jesus had to attack their delusion. And he did it with, you know, woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees. <laughs> and a lot of other statements like that. And of course, they wanted to get rid of him and kill him right away. But I'm not really trying to attack your delusion. I'm trying to share the truth with you and the truth attacks your delusion because you dwell in darkness. You sit in darkness. You do not understand what's going on. But you don't need to understand all that's going on. You need to repent. Think differently. And seek the kingdom of God. You don't have to know all of, you know, how all the history of the Federal Reserve and how this was in Babylon and how it was in Ur and how it is in and you know in um, pre-Christ Rome where they not only had 10% they took all the silver out of the denarii and then they had runaway inflation where a sack of wheat that used to cost the equivalent of about six dimes 60 cents silver ended up costing 120,000 denarii same sack of wheat, 120,000 denarii. <laughs> of course, that didn't go on for very long. People were starving everywhere, which is why you see Paul going all over Rome to help out, and, and the Roman Empire, Galatia and Corinth, helping out people, because they were starving. It was famine, dirt in the land. They needed help, and Christians had help. And this is why Tacitus writes about the Christians. Because they wanted everybody joining their public religion, their social security system, their national insurance program. That's what these things were that were run through their temples, which were government buildings. 
They wanted them to be to sign up for the state social security, the state welfare, the state national insurance. But Christians were not doing that. They, they had their own system of ID, their own network of knowing who is who, their own letters that said, you know, this is Timothy, you know, who's a brother. And they, they had that. We could do that too, but who are the brothers of Christ? Who are the brethren of Christ? Who are doing what Christ said? Who are doing what the will of the Father is? They created a network, a daily ministration of health, education, and welfare through charity. This was what the church was. This is what they were doing. And in doing that, they had the foundation to fight against the spiritual wickedness in high places. Because because they had Christ in their hearts and in their minds. This is what we need to do. We need to form that network of charity. And we see now the exposure in the world that they are wicked, evil, and doing wickedness and evil. And doing crazy things. And we talked a lot about that in this morning show. And we'll talk about it again. But uh, none of this is hardly what my original topic was going to be for this afternoon, but that's why I was looking at all these papers and trying to come up with an answer that if we can create that network of love and charity, we will have the full armor of God given to us. Till then, peace on our house, and may God be with you. God bless. You have been listening to The Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. For more information on the educational ministry provided by His Holy Church and Brother Gregory, including services, counseling, lectures, books, and other audio materials, please write to His Church at Summer Lake, Box 10, Summer Lake, Oregon, 97640. You can also find us on the web at www.hisholychurch.net.